back to another week it is rick six season three episode 17 we're back with the weekly nfl picks it is week 17 man this season has flown by two weeks to go playoff seedings are heating up especially in the afc you got teams that are crazy all over the place gledhill unfortunately is not joining me Preston is still out still busy and doing stuff so it's just gonna be me it's gonna be a short week hope everyone's having a good holiday season christmas just happened 2022 first show 2022 gonna be some big things coming this year rick six you guys want to stay tuned. Appreciate you guys staying patient with me with all these episodes falling behind. But it's been fun, man. I've had a great year of recording the podcast and looking to grow even more in, in the year 2022. So I hope you guys will stay along the journey. Make sure to follow the Instagram Rick Six Podcast. And let's get on into it, man. We got all no Thursday games this week, so we don't have to worry about people getting out last second with COVID. I know that's kind of been a problem on the podcast this year is, you know, we record on Wednesdays before the Thursday night games and then last second stuff can can affect the game on Saturday and we have to change our picks so and we don't y'all don't get to hear it. I know two weeks ago was a little crazier, you know, with COVID and all the postponing cuz two weeks ago was COVID week and we know that and you know, I had to I had to record the, the freaking podcast in in little sections, so that was a little that was much of a hassle too. So don't want to do that often. Uh thankfully this week, like I said, no Thursday game, so got to record this on Saturday. We got NFL all games are at 12 o'clock tomorrow and then also Sunday night football and then Monday night football as well. So heating up, like I said, and I have this little thing now where I can see the path to the playoffs and it's the playoff implications for this week's games. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven big major ones right here. And, and this is not just for the, for the number one seeds or the number two, three, four seeds. These are for the teams that are in the wild card hunt. And you're going to see a lot of them. You're going to see a lot of these games, especially at 12 o'clock. We have a couple of bangers at 12 o'clock. I mean, Ravens, Rams, Chiefs, Bengals, I'm excited, man. Chiefs Bengals looks like it's going to be game of the week. So we'll see if Bengals can upset them in Cincinnati. Zach Taylor has been great. Wouldn't be surprised if he's coach of the year candidate, especially. I mean, he's turned that team completely around. I remember last year we were all shitting on him, but this year he's kind of turned it around. So let's go ahead and get on to this. First game, we got the LA Rams going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. Tough road game here for the Rams. The good news for them and bad news for Ravens is Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson to miss his third straight game with an ankle injury. I saw some tape of him, you know, going out there trying to try to move on it, and he just did not look good. And I, I just wouldn't think it'd be smart for him to play. Obviously, Tyler Huntley got COVID last week, and they got smacked by the Bengals. We'll talk a little bit about that. But Tyler Huntley being back in this game definitely helped. We were talking about him possibly being a starting quarterback on a team if he's given a chance. And I thought he did a great job against Green Bay a couple weeks ago, and I think he's going to do a good job this game. I would, I'm hoping that the Ravens win just because, like I said, as a Cowboys fan and wanting to get that number one seed, even if it doesn't happen, I mean, you know, we got the Rams tied with us at 12 and, or 11 and four. So I don't want them to keep winning too. I want them to lose. So, you know, if the Ravens can go in there and get a, get a tough you know home game without Lamar Jackson, I mean, that'd be good. They, they still haven't. I mean, they've won one game without him and they've lost three straight and two of them came with a two point conversion uh, at the last second by John Harbaugh that just didn't work out in their favor. So right now they're, they're on the outside looking in the Dolphins, since they have now won seven straight, they took 
that last wild card spot in the AFC because they beat Baltimore head to head. And that was really kind of the start of their win streak. So Baltimore needs this win. Their current playoff hopes are 30%. With a win, they have a 59% chance of making it. With a tie, 42% chance. And with a loss, 6%. So this is a must-win game for the Ravens. Baltimore is 3-0 in regular season home games in January. So they know how to heat it up when it matters. I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Ravens win this game. They got to establish the run early. And they got to get Tyler Huntley. He can't turn the ball over. He's got to play like he was playing a couple weeks ago. I'm not saying he's going to have a four total touchdown performance, but if he can, you know, have a solid day, then they, they can win this game. But I imagine he might be a little rusty from COVID. So we'll see what happens. I think the Rams are just going to be a little too much. I think Matthew Stafford's going to play good today. Rams are favored by a touchdown. So you know what? Since it's in Baltimore, give me Baltimore to cover slightly. But I got the Rams winning 28 to 24. Obviously, if Lamar Jackson was playing healthy, it could be a different story. Raiders at Colts, another big playoff implicated game. The Colts are hot right now, sitting at nine and six. They just beat the Cardinals on the road. Cardinals are kind of falling apart, but Indianapolis is kind of really rising to the occasion right now. This is a team I do not want to play in the playoffs. Carson Wentz had a little bit of COVID issues this week, but he cleared it. They officially activated him. He will start tomorrow. So big news for the Colts fan, especially the way he's been playing. I mean, he hasn't been turning the ball over. He's been playing really well. He had a really good dime in the end zone. They kind of really sealed the deal against the Cardinals last week. It was a beautiful throw. And, you know, they just got to keep him healthy for the playoffs because we know Wentz hasn't been able to really play in the playoffs. He's played maybe a first quarter versus the Seahawks back in 2019, and then he got hurt. So he didn't really get to play that much. This is, will be his first year, you know, knock on wood, if he's able to stay healthy and, and lead the Colts to a to a big playoff, you know, run because this team is capable of beating anybody. The way they run the football, Jonathan Taylor, uh, it's not crazy to talk about him being MVP. I hope he gets it just to see for the change. And he's been the best running back in this in the league this year. No question. So, you know, props to Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to eat up this Raiders defense. I mean, I like Derek Carr. They're sitting at eight and seven. I've been amazed the way they've handled this. They've been through a lot with everything, but I think it's going to come to an end. Their playoff hopes are going to finally fall to shambles right here. When the Colts finally take care of business, Indianapolis, I mean, they're fair by eight and a half. I think this game could get really ugly. I got Colts going in there, putting up 31 to the Raiders 17. I think this game could get real ugly. And I, I like the Colts easy here and they're going to cover. And if you wanted to know how dangerous Indianapolis really was, I mean, they won the Cardinals game without Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Mark Lewinsky, Rocky Sin, Zach Pascal. And safety, Kerry Willis, who has been excellent for them this season in the secondary. Atlanta at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by 14. This is a huge spread for the Bills here. I think they were favored around that same spread against Carolina two weeks ago. Took care of business. Going back home again, playing the Falcons team that sitting at seven and eight, but their playoff hopes are still, you know, well around. This is a big game for them if they can sneak in. But I, I just don't think it's realistic. I think Buffalo is going to put the nail in the coffin for them this week. They had an amazing performance against the Patriots last week. I did pick them last week to beat the Patriots. I wasn't confident in that game, but they showed out. They laid that blueprint. They were able to run the ball well. They were able to throw the ball well. Josh Allen had his best game of the season by far. Stephon Diggs got open. Dawson Knox. Isaiah McKenzie, what a day, man. Stepping up of the absence of Cole Beasley, who was on the COVID list this past week. So they had some guys step up. The, the way the Patriots were able to run the ball in that first half, I was like, you know, just getting all the runs on the outside, the pitch plays. I'm like, man, this is going to be the same story with that, you know, that game in week 13 where they rushed for over 230 yards and the Bills could not stop it. But I was more confident that the Bills were going to be able to bounce back and, and the Patriots would have trouble stopping them as well. Because if it turned into a shoot, I was going to take Josh Allen and the Bills all day because it looked like the way to beat Mac Jones, as good as he's been, you got to make him consistently throw the football. 
If you put him in situations where he's going to have to turn into shootouts with guys like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, he's not going to do that. He's just, that's not his play style. So, and that's why he's a perfect fit for Belichick's system. But when he's has to do stuff that is not his game and you have to force him to throw, then obviously you're going to take the Bills. And the way the game started going in the second half, he threw a couple turnovers. I'm like, yeah, the Bills got this. So took sole possession of first place in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, just crazy game last week. Like I said, only player in NFL history with 100 plus passing touchdowns and 20 plus rushing touchdowns in his first four seasons. Josh Allen, elite company. He's going to be great for a long time. On to this game, though. Yeah, Buffalo's favored by 14. Real question is Atlanta's going to cover? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a right around the spread. I think Bills win exactly 28 to 14. Give me it. There's two possible AIDS game of the week. This is the first one, Giants at Bears. This is a meaningless game in the NFC. Nobody cares about this game. Both teams are already eliminated, 4-11 versus 5-10. and 10. If you want to classify this as the eighth game of the week, you know, all power to you. It's either this one or the Lions at the Seahawks, which that game means absolutely nothing as well. So whatever you want to call it, I mean, if it we're basing it just off record, then Lions and Seahawks will be AIDS game of the week. But I don't know, man. I mean, I heard DeAndre Swift's coming back, even though it's Tim Boyle. I mean, Tim Boyle, Russell Wilson, or Andy Dalton versus Mike Glennon. So, I mean, <laughs> which which one do you what would you rather watch? Shake from <laughs> obviously didn't work out for them last week. Bears are favored by six and a half. They had a crazy snow game versus the Seahawks. Seahawks got up early. Bears rallied back with Nick Foles, and they got they won on a two point conversion. Jimmy Graham got the game. Yeah, I guess you could call it game tying touchdown in the end zone. And then Darius Bird got that crazy one-handed catch in the end zone to, to win on the two-point conversion. They won 25 to 24. Seattle is, uh, that's the way Seattle's uh, playoff hopes end. I mean, I don't think they were in it anyways, but, you know, I, I just think they, they need a restart, you know, with Pete Carroll at, at head coach. I think he needs to get out of there. Maybe if Russ isn't going to leave because he has a no trade clause, so, you know, can't go anywhere unless he wants to. But, you know, if they decide to keep him around, let's see what he does one year without Pete Carroll. I want to see what that happens, but, you know, this is only the second time the Seahawks will miss the playoffs with Russell Wilson as their QB since 2012. You know, that's how long he's been in the league. And so he's a veteran. And that was the first time that they, they lost 10 games in the season since 2009. So this is, you know, unfamiliar territory for the Seahawks, just not being able to make the playoffs. It, it always seems like the roster had kept getting progressively worse and worse and worse every year. But it was like, okay, well, they still have Russell Wilson. They can still capable of winning 10 games. I had Seattle finishing last in this division. I just want to say that. So I give myself a little bit props, but I still had them being like a nine to 10 win team. I mean, you can go back and watch the preseason video. I thought it was going to happen. I did not think they would be this bad. So, you know, obviously Russell getting hurt didn't help. They had Geno Smith for a couple of games, but this, this defense is just bad for a defensive minded coach and Pete Carroll. They fail to address the O-line every year. It's really just DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. Chris Carson cannot stay healthy to save his life. So this team is just, they're, they're not, I don't think they're going to be good for a while. If they keep Russ around, they're going to have to rebuild that offensive line. And I just don't think Russ would want to be a part of that process. But at the same time, he's a loyal guy and I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to stay there too. So, but onto this game, man, I mean, Andy Dalton's getting the start over Nick Foles, injured Justin Fields, obviously. Ah, oh, man, you know what? This is a win in doubt. Pick the home team. The Bears are favored by six and a half. I can't pick the Giants to win a game. Watch them last week. It was three to three at halftime with Philadelphia. Offensively, they looked awful. One of the worst quarterback performances I ever seen with Jake Fromm, and it's clear that he's not going to be the guy moving forward. Daniel Jones, like we know, is shut down for the rest of the season. I saw a thing. It looks like Joe Judge and Daniel Jones are going to be coming back another year for the Giants as a Cowboys fan. All I got to say is thank you. That that's awesome. I love playing Daniel Jones and Joe Judge. I would love to play them for another year. 
and and have that 2-0 sweep in the division. Thank you very much. The Giants are a poverty. I really don't know why they're content with this, but hey, you know, that's on them. Maybe they can get rid of Gettleman. Who knows? I mean, Gettleman has been there for way longer than I would have expected, but yeah, we're talking about this game too long. Bears get it done with Andy Dawn, with Nick Foles. It doesn't matter. I think they run the ball effectively with Montgomery, and I think the Giants are just, they're already shut off. I think the Bears can still finish a little bit strong. You know, if they went out and go 7-10 here, that's eh, not too bad. You got head coaching position going to be opening up because Matt Nagy's going to be done. If, I mean, Matt Nagy's, he knows about 10 more days until he's going to get fired. Chicago's going to be a big market for coaches to go. So maybe we'll see if one of these, if one of these coaches like Todd Bowles or Doug Peterson or Brian Leftwich could get a head coaching spot to replace Nagy. But we'll talk a little bit about that in the offseason once Matt Nagy officially gets fired. Then we can see who Chicago's going to go. But yeah, I mean, it's an intriguing market, especially with a guy like Justin Fields who wouldn't want to work with somebody like that. So yeah, but Chicago, they win this game six and a half. Well, why not? We'll just say this is an AIDS game, you know, 23 to 17. Giants barely cover and Bears win. Possible game of the week. We have the 11 and four Chiefs going on the road to play the nine and six Bengals. The Bengals, I think the Bengals are going to win this division still, even with this loss, because I think the Bengals are going to beat the Browns next week for the last week of the season. But point is, you know, onto this game, I just think, you know, this is a possible game of the week, but I'm scared that Bengals are going to struggle early and Kansas City is just going to pull away early. And it's just going to be too much for Cincinnati to kind of dig themselves out of the hole. Now, if they start off strong, they can definitely win this game. You know, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. I mean, Joe Mixon, this offense is well capable of scoring over 30 points. I got to give them credit for last week. They completely destroyed the Ravens. And I mean, what a performance by Joe Burrow. He set a Bengals franchise record, 525 yards in a game, fourth most in single game all time. Ravens defense coordinator said it was too soon to to fit Burrow with the gold jacket before that game. Uh, so I think he might've taken it a little personally because, uh, you know, they, they were asking him about it. Like, hey, yo, how'd you feel about, you know, the, the coordinator's comments about saying about that? And he was like, it didn't, he said he didn't think it was a necessary comment. It just didn't, it didn't bother me, but wouldn't say the comment is necessary. And then the reporter also asked, was it on your mind when you were throwing all those yards? And he said, maybe so, you know, gotta love Joe Burrow's attitude. Gotta love his confidence. I mean, he really carries himself well. I think he has a bright future. It's amazing that he had that horrific leg injury and how bad the Bengals were off offensively last year in that offensive line. You're like, man, Burrow's going to come back. He's not going to be the same. He's going to get injured again. And now look at him. It's the same narrative with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is, you know, he has some problems in the preseason dropping balls. He has no confidence. Like this Bengals team is just going to be a mess. They should have drafted Panay Sewell. Look at them, man. Nine and six. I don't think anybody would have saw that coming. I think if they, you know, if they finish out, if they beat Kansas City here, they beat the Browns and obviously they win the ASC North because they're going to, if that, if that's the case, you know, Hey man, 11 and six, I think you got to give Zach Taylor coach of the year. I mean, I would, especially all the, you know, crap I've talked about him in the past. Hey man, I'm going to get, I'm going to give them the coach of the year. I'm going to give Zach Taylor the coach of the year for that. But yeah, this is a big game. Kansas city is favored by three and a half on the road. And like I said, I'm just afraid that the Bengals are going to, are going to struggle early and, Kansas City's just going to kind of pull away too early and the game's going to be out of reach. It'll be competitive in the second half, but at that point, Kansas City's already up multiple scores. So it'll be nice for them getting Travis Kelsey back. They completely waxed the Steelers last week without him. And yeah, the Chiefs are are the Super Bowl favorites right now. They're, they're back. Whatever we said about them earlier, it doesn't matter anymore. They got hot at the right time. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have done a great job heating up in the month of November and December. I mean, they don't lose a lot of games in those in that time span. So, you know, this is a big game. For both teams, like I said, Kansas City's hanging on to the one seed, Cincinnati the third seed, but 
Even if they lose this game, I think it'll be okay. Now, currently they have an 80% chance of making the playoffs. They are in with a win. They're 92% chance with a tie and 68% chance with a loss. So that's crazy. I mean, I'm going to say the Bengals don't clinch this week. They got to fight another week, but Kansas City will win this game. 31 to 28 It's going to be an exciting one. Dolphins, Titans, Dolphins sitting as a seven seed, like I was mentioning earlier, eight and seven. Titans, 10 and five, had a big win against San Francisco at home last week. I wasn't expecting them to, to come back in that game because they, you know, San Francisco had all the momentum. They had all the momentum. Time of possession was dominating and Tennessee rallied back. T- Tannehill had a good game. Tennessee's favored by three points here. This is where I think the Dolphins win streak finally comes to an end. I, I you know, it was, it was nice while it lasted, but I think the, you know, Tennessee puts them back into check here. Man, it was crazy. Dolphins are the first team in NFL history to lose seven games in a row and then win seven games in a row. That's crazy, man. They've had a roller coaster of a season. You know, Brian Flores has done a good job turning this team around. Their defense has really stepped up and they're an exciting team to watch with too. I think Tua has proven that he has another year. Watching that game on Monday night versus the Saints, I didn't like what Tua was doing. He took some unnecessary hits, especially where he was running on the, on the sideline on one play and he just pretty much dug himself into the defender. Like he threw himself into the defender so the defender could hit him. I don't like that. I mean, especially with your, a guy that's supposed to be your franchise quarterback or possibly could be your franchise quarterback. You don't want him taking those hits. So yeah, they played a depleted Saints team, shut him down to three points with Ian Book. I mean, I knew the game was immediately over when Ian Book threw that pick six to start the game. I'm like, okay, well, they're just not going to generate enough offense. And they really kind of shut down Alvin Kamara. So if you needed Alvin Kamara last week to win your fantasy week, it was not a good week to do it. So yeah, Jalen Waddle's been that guy, one of the best pure physical rookies that I've seen in a while. And I, th- I think he could have a big game this this week, but I think Tennessee is a little bit better. And I think Dolphins are going to finally come back to reality and they're, the seven-game winning streak is going to end. Don't get me wrong, I like the way they played. I, I picked them to win most of these games on their win streak so far, uh, but I think it comes to an end this week and the Titans put them in their place. I think this game is going to be lower scoring, but not too low scoring. I got 24 to 20, Tennessee hangs on and wins. Also for the path to the playoffs for both teams here, if Miami wins, they have a 63% chance of getting in. If they lose, they have a 6% chance. And right now, currently a 32% chance, 23% chance of a tie. Jaguars, Patriots, New England, monster spread here, 17 and a half points. Last time these two teams played was in 2019. The Jaguars beat the Patriots, and that was coming after the AFC Championship lost the year before. Yeah, I mean, two teams that have kind of know each other very well, but obviously Jacksonville is just terrible. Two and 13, don't have a coach right now. Thought they were going to be able to get a win against the Texans a couple weeks ago once they fired Urban Meyer. Still couldn't even do that. Picked the Jets to beat them last week in an AIDS game of the century, and the Jets ended up hanging on and winning. James Robinson, unfortunately, tore his Achilles, so he's out for the rest of the season. That does not help their case at all. And the New England's coming off of back-to-back losses. So they're not going to lose three in a row. This is not going to happen. You know, this, There's a reason that this spread is so massive. 17 and a half. Real question is, are Jaguars going to cover? I'll just say the Patriots get back to their roots, and I got 28 to, let's go 28 to 10. Patriots roll. They run all over this Jaguars defense. I'm going to say they rush for over 150 yards. Tampa Bay at New York. Tampa Bay's favored by 14 points. This is another massive spread for Tampa Bay. I think, you know, getting some guys back. You got Mike Evans coming back. Antonio Brown's back in the lineup. 
I think this game will be surprisingly lower scoring than people think, you know, a lot. And then you look at this game, you're like, oh, this is like a 35 to 17 type of game. I don't think so. I think Tampa Bay still wins comfortably, but I got 26 to 13. Also, Tampa Bay has got to play New York and Carolina. So they're most likely going to win out. I guess the only major headline for this game is Tom Brady versus Zach Wilson, exactly 22 years apart. Tom Brady's 44. He was born on August 3rd. Zach Wilson is 22. He was born on August 3rd, 1999, 1997. So that is crazy. It's basically father versus son here. Eagles, Washington, Philly's favored by six points. You know, as much as I would like to say that these two teams are going to split, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Eagles sweep them this time. Washington's kind of falling apart. I mean, getting blown out by Dallas at home, 56 to 14. How do you rebound from that? Normally when a team gets embarrassed like that, they're able to rebound, especially against a division rival. But I think the Eagles have been able to run the football very effectively. Nick Sarian has kind of turned this team around later in the season. They're, they're going to get that last playoff spot, uh, whether that's they end up finishing sixth or seventh. It doesn't matter. As of right now, they're playing Dallas in the uh, first round of the wild card. So we'll see. We'll see if that changes any time. But Dallas and and Eagles would be crazy just because of the two rivals and they hate each other. And obviously I hate the Eagles because I'm a Cowboys fan. But yeah, as much as I would love to say Washington evens the odds here, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Eagles win pretty comfortably. They run all over this Washington's defense who's been depleted with COVID. And even if they get some guys back, I mean, they're going to be rusty. So I expect Eagles to roll, but I I think it's going to be similar to the first meeting where it's kind of close first half. Washington's keeping up and then Eagles just kind of pull away in the second half. I'm going to go Eagles win. 27 to 20. They win by like a touchdown. And Philly has a 68% chance to make the playoffs right now with the win. They have a 92% chance with a tie 71% and with the loss 38%. So another game that Philly needs. Moving on to the afternoon games. We have the Denver Broncos going on the road to play the LA Chargers. The Broncos have already beaten them in Denver, but this time they're playing in LA. And even though they don't have any home field, I think the Chargers are going to even it out. It's hard for me to say that the Chargers are going to get swept by the Broncos. Drew Locke made some good throws last week, but at the same time, I, I just think he needs more time. And if they end up going with him as a franchise guy, then we'll see what he can do. But Denver's just kind of a mess at quarterback. The fact that they went into Las Vegas last week with a team that is supposed to be really good at running the football and they only run for 18 yards. I mean, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams completely got shut down. You just can't do that in that situation. You got to be able to establish the run early especially against the Raiders team that I think can be dysfunctional at times. It came down to the very end, but I mean, Raiders got it done. I don't think the Chargers are going to get swept. Both teams were within one game of each other, seven and eight Broncos, eight and seven Chargers. I expect LA to even the odds, but LA's favored by eight points. Uh, I don't know about that. I would like to say about a touchdown favorite should be fair for them. So I'm giving the Broncos to cover, but I got the Chargers winning 21 to 14. They win by like a touchdown, low scoring game. Not even to mention that the Chargers need this win very badly. Right now, they have a 33% chance of making it. With the win, they have a 45% chance. With the tie, 31% chance. And if they lose to the Broncos, they only have a 7% chance of making it. So Chargers, you have to get this done tomorrow. Houston at San Francisco. San Francisco is coming off of a tough loss right now. San Francisco is favored by 14 points at home here. Davis Mills has actually been playing really good. He beat the Chargers last week. Credit that the Chargers had about 14 starters out with COVID. Justin Herbert still didn't have that great of a day. But Davis Mills, last three starts, 794 passing yards, five touchdowns, two and one record. And I I think this guy might have a shot next year. I mean, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't clear, all that drama doesn't clear up, then, you know, he's going to get a start. I don't think the Texans are drafted quarterback. That's what I'm saying right here. It's a weak quarterback class. You need to build, get a, get a defensive stud, you know, get an offensive lineman. Don't, draft a quarterback if you're Houston. 
because this Davis Mills guy can play. And I, I never thought I would say that a couple weeks ago. San Francisco's fans, y'all let me know if this is good news or bad news, but obviously Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a right thumb UCL tear along with a fracture. So he is out this week. Trey Lance will be getting the start. I know a lot of you guys are high on Trey Lance. Personally, I don't know how to feel about this because he hasn't thrown a football or I guess he hasn't really started in two months now. So I don't know what we're going to see from him. I think they're going to be run heavy in this game. So that can help them a lot, but I'm definitely not picking the Texans, especially not with the 14 point win. I mean, I could see the Texans keeping it close, but I think the 49ers are are, are really going to run all over them. Their current playoff status right now, 75% chance to make it with the win. They have an 80% chance with the tie 69% chance and with the loss 51% chance. So even if they do lose, that's not good, but they still would have a 51% chance of making it. I don't think they're going to lose. I think they're going to win pretty comfortably here. I like the way Davis Mills has been playing. Uh, even with Trey Lance, though, I think uh, I think 49ers are going to be able to run the ball, establish the run early, and pull away in the second half. So I got 49ers winning 30-20. to 20. Carolina at New Orleans, another terrible game right here. New Orleans, six and a half point favorites. Carolina's already eliminated. We'll see what they do with Matt Roll next year. Next year, I mean, shoot, they they were asking him about after that loss last week, and they were asking him about the Panthers' struggles this season, and he said, "As I tell our team all the time, it took Jay Z like seven years." Well, unfortunately for you, Matt Roll, you won't have seven years. You know, Matt Roll's a guy that I, you know, I was really high coming in, and I liked his philosophy coming in with the Panthers team. He knew what they were. He knew they were a defensive team. So what did he do? He went and go rebuild the defense. He drafted some good studs last year. Got J.C. Horn this year picked up Stephon Gilmore, traded for that guy. I mean, he has good morals, and I, I respect him for that. But I think that the Panthers are just so directionless at quarterback with Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. Yes, they tr- maybe you try to get a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson if that clears up, but it's like you really just have no direction. You fired your offensive coordinator who you had uncertainty if you were going to bring him back this season anyways, before the season even started. And then now you got a coach who think like if you put him back in a college team, he could rebuild a program and make them really good. I mean, we saw he did it with Baylor. I would have no doubt that if Matt Rule, you know, got fired tomorrow and then, you know, signed with the Power Five school as a coach, I would have no doubt that they would be a good, they would be good this first year under them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt about it. But just the NFL, I just don't see it happening. Maybe we'll see if they can get a quarterback next year and whether if they, you know, draft some guy late and he ends up being a stud or if they trade for a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson and then they just kind of turn it around. But I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, th- I think Matt Rule might come back, but I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired too. I think he's a coach that you could talk about him being on the hot seat. You definitely don't have seven years. So yeah, don't get it twisted here. But I, I think the Saints bounce back. Getting Taysom Hill back would be crucial because Ian Book's not going to be starting. He didn't do nothing last week. I think uh, Taysom Hill will have a pretty solid day, uh, maybe throw a pick or two. But I think the Saints are going to win uh, on the ground and especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not trusting Cam Newton, PJ Walker, whoever it is. I don't even care at this point. Saints right now currently have a 36% chance to make the playoffs with the win, 44% chance, with a tie, 60% chance, and with a loss, 10% chance. So a game that they need, but realistically, they probably won't make the playoffs. Like I mentioned earlier, another game that could be possibly AIDS game of the week. I'll let you decide on this one. We got the two 12 and one Lions going on the road to play the five and 10 Seahawks. Look, I mean, both these teams have nothing to play for. If you want to pick the Lions to win, I mean, at this point, I don't even care. There's only two weeks left, but I tell you, it's a trap. I mean, look at last week. They had a chance. They were in the red zone to win the game and they sold. They turned it over and they couldn't do it. So, uh, and and that was against the Falcons. I think the Seahawks are are a little worse than the Falcons. So maybe the Lions can go in there and, and maybe have a better game against them. But overall, just think uh, Seattle being favored by eight and a half. Give me the Lions to cover. 
But I think this is one of those those weeks where Russell Wilson, you know, finishes off nothing to play for, and and then he just comes out and throws about three touchdowns, maybe a pick, and 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 they have a really good outing against the Lions here. So I'm gonna say that the Seahawks win. This is an eighth game of the week type game, but I think Russell Wilson will throw for three touchdowns. I got Seahawks winning 31 to 25, and the Lions will cover. And Jared Goff looks to be doubtful again, so it's going to be Tim Boyle again. But good news for them. DeAndre Swift is coming back. Minnesota at Green Bay. Green Bay's favored by 13 points for good reason. Kirk Cousins is now on the COVID list. Head coach Mike Zimmer left no doubt. He prefers Sean Mannion over Kellen Mond, so won't be able to see the Aggies start tomorrow. Unfortunate, maybe he'll get his start some point if we can see you know Kellen Mond get on the field. But Kirk Cousins tested positive for COVID. That headlines yesterday, Friday morning. So yeah, I mean, do you really think I'm going to take Sean Mannion to uh, to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field? Not going to happen. I think the Packers are going to going to get the one seed. Unfortunately, I hope I'm going to be rooting for Minnesota. This is Sunday Night Football. Honestly, I wish it was a game like Cincinnati and and Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. But unfortunately, we got to watch this massacre. Possibly, yeah, this is going to be ugly. I think Packers, you know, finally have a, a game where they can like. Be a little comfortable. These past few weeks they haven't been so comfortable. Their defense hadn't been playing that good. I see, uh, you know, they're definitely a beatable team. You know, they're, they're definitely, I, I would say, uh, you know, they're the best team in my opinion, but they're definitely beatable. Uh, so Minnesota could give them problems specifically in the run game because that run defense is kind of sus, but I think I think Green Bay is still the best team in the league and I still think they're going to get that one seed. We can talk a little bit about more of them with Gledhill next week. So I think this has 35 to, to 21 written all over it. If Minnesota wants a chance in this game, though, I will say they're going to have to target Justin Jefferson like crazy, put him in the slot, put him on the outside. He was a great slot receiver at LSU, but he's you know transitioned to one of the best outside receivers in the NFL. So biggest thing for him is getting him involved. I mean, he broke the record for most receiving yards by a player in his first two seasons, breaking Randy Moss's record, elite company right there for Justin Jefferson. I'll be excited to watch him play. And good news for Packers, Matt LaFleur is the first NFL head coach to win at least 12 games in each of his first three seasons. Browns at Steelers, another big game in the AFC North right here. This is Monday Night Football. Cleveland is favored by three and a half. And this is where I take the upset right here. I got Pittsburgh winning this game at home. And look, you watch last week's game versus the Chiefs and you're like, okay, how could you possibly pick the Steelers to win this game? Big Ben is done. He can't throw football, this and that. He already hinted this is last year. That's exactly what I'm going to pick them. Last game in Heinz Field for Big Ben. Last game. He has always owned the Cleveland Browns. I think he's going to come out and he's going to play really good for his last week, last game at home, and I think they're going to win. Hey, man, I'm not confident in it. I mean, Browns have lost six games by six points or less this year. So that team is like 12-3 and three with a good quarterback. Baker Mayfield threw four picks last week. I do think that they got a little bit hoed in some of those play calls. Kevin Stefanski should have ran the ball more. They were literally dominating the Packers on the run game. Shoot, that game was a two-point game at the very end. They had a chance to win it. And Baker Mayfield threw three picks going into that last drive. He threw the pick at the very end, which I thought it was bullshit. I mean, should have been a bad... The refs sucked. The refs sucked in that game. Bad officiating game. But I'm not blaming the refs for that game overall because Baker Mayfield still didn't play that well. But yeah, man, I uh, they, they had a chance to win that game. And some if, it, if they would have ran the ball more in situations then they could have won that game because they would run the ball. They would get down the field. It's like, oh my God, they're dominating. Keep running the ball. And then they would throw like three passes in a row and have to settle for a field goal or they would go for it on fourth down and wouldn't get it. So just some sus play calling. I hope that's the case this week so I can see the Steelers win again. Uh, Brady, if you're hearing that, I'm sorry, man. It's just only for the pick purposes, all right? Yeah, I think uh, Steelers are going to win their last home game in Hinesville with Big Ben. 
close, low scoring game. Let's go 23 to 20 Steelers win. And this will be an upset, I guess. And that brings us to the biggest game for the Cowboys season. Possibly you have the Arizona Cardinals going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys 10 and five versus 11 and four Cardinals. I mean, what they started seven and zero, now 10 and five, they kind of imploded a little bit. Dallas is favored by six and a half. Now you're thinking, oh my gosh, like a couple weeks ago, that would never be the case the way the Cardinals were playing. But, and you know, Kyler Murray is, is seven and zero at at t stadium through high school, college and the NFL. I know this because I literally watched him play at OU win the big 12 championship at at t stadium. I watched him when he was with Allen and he destroyed my central chargers in, <laughs> in football. My freshman year, I watched that. He didn't lose a high school game. I think it was like 42, 43 and no. So Kyler Murray knows how to win in Texas. And I wouldn't be surprised that knowing that they had lost three in a row and they come ready to play against Dallas, I would not be surprised in the slightest. That would be something that they they would do. And Cowboys have fallen victim to that. You know, the Chiefs game, the Chiefs had been struggling and they had a get right game, I guess. And then they play Kansas City in Kansas City and Kansas City shows out. They play good. Their defense shuts us down and it was 19 to nine. We lose by 10 points. The Raiders game, the Raiders had lost three straight. They score what, 13, 14, 16, like three straight weeks. They look like they were falling apart. They go in there in Dallas. Derek Carr completely torches us. We can't stop them, and they win an OT. So I am not sleeping on the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals come in and bring their A game. But the way that Dan Quinn has turned around this defense and the Cowboys are fighting for that first round bye and the Cardinals struggles, I really think that Dallas is going to have their way. I think defensively, they're going to, I don't think they have a problem defensively. I'm more worried about if their offense shows up now. Their offense looked like it was back on track. Dak looked back, had a perfect first half. He was able to come out after the third quarter. They benched, you know, they put Cooper Rush in. But, you know, that still doesn't convince me. I need to see more consistency from this team. But nothing better than doing that against a a football team, you know, you should beat. Now, I I was going there. I'm like, man, we need to blow this team out. I didn't think it would be that bad a massacre. I mean, 56 to 14, everyone was getting a touchdown, right? But yeah, I just think this defense is going to step up. Micah Parsons, arguably the defensive player of the year. 13 sacks, 79 tackles this year. He's the only NFL player to do this over the last nine NFL seasons. Not just the only rookie, the only player. Micah Parsons is an elite company. Demarcus Lawrence got a pick six. I mean, this this defense is scary. This is a team you don't want to play. They're peaking at the right time, so they're capable of winning it. They're capable of winning it all. I'm not going to get overconfident. I'm taking it week by week because I know history repeats itself for the Cowboys, but I really do think that this team can beat anybody. I think this team can beat Green Bay. It has the defense for it. I think it has the defense. It's going to be if the offense shows up. So come on, Dak Prescott. We need you this game. Ideally, in a perfect world, the Cowboys go in there. They look like last week, and they win by two touchdowns, and, and they look really good. But I think Arizona is going to come to play. And because of that, I think you know maybe they have an early lead. But I think Cowboys pull away in the end. I got the Cowboys winning by 10 here, 34-24. Come on, Cowboys, please. I need you this game. Show that you're that team that can go in there, get the first round by, but also win the Super Bowl too. Come on. We need you this week. This is a big game. The Cardinals are struggling. Show them why they're struggling. I got Cowboys 34 to 24. And that's going to do it this week, guys. Appreciate you guys joining us. I know it was a short week, but you know, hey, that's what it is sometimes. Hope everybody's having a good holiday season. Like I said, happy new year. 2022 is going to be a good year. And watch out for some big storylines this week. Obviously, I was mentioning you know earlier Tom Brady versus Zach Wilson. I mean, obviously, you're like, what's so interesting about that? Well, 22 years apart, that's no joke. Watch out for that. You know, watch out for the Jags interviewing Doug Peterson, Byron Leftwich, Top Bowles. Uh, but yeah, watch out for some good storylines this week. Have a good week of football, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>